<sighs> All right. <clears throat> Levels seem pretty good. Um, <laughs> I still have not Googled how to hear myself in headphones while recording in Adobe Audition, which is pretty lazy of me. I'll have to figure that out soon enough. Um, Alright, this is kind of weird. <laughs> well, okay, so this is going to be... I should put my phone on silent. This is going to be the first episode of this that I do all by myself without a guest. Um, I always wondered if I would do any of these um, just in general, normally. So I guess we'll see if anybody listens to this or enjoys it. Um, one thing I will say about the podcast is it's been a fun hobby to have going, um, and it's it's been pretty good for self-esteem too, because I'm generally like an over-thinker and an over-worrier, and I think I can get it in my head a lot of the time that like I annoy people more often than I do, and I think one thing about doing something like this, which I would still consider like a form of artistic expression is having something like this that's kind of just low stakes and low pressure and kind of like the equivalent of a doodle where I'm just talking to people. It's kind of nice, you know, it's a lot less pressure than making a music video or a short film or even doing a drawing in some ways. And being able to just kind of as a third party, you can like literally look at what it looks like to, you know, see me like talking to other people and my friends and see like, oh, it's like completely normal. Like you're a normal person. <laughs> it's actually been pretty good for um, self-esteem in, in those ways. So maybe this is a terrible idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll be looking back at this and being like, oh God, you're just rambling for an entire hour. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just more overthinking. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to adjust the mic. Uh, yeah, so this is a, we're doing this because it's a completely ordinary week, right? And uh, no, nothing crazy is happening in the world. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason at all that we're recording a podcast like this. <laughs> um, I, I probably won't talk about coronavirus until later in the show. I just don't want to come out the gates with it. I, I, you know, there's just no real reason, I think, to bum people out immediately. And a lot of people are just saying the same things over and over again on the Internet. So I, I think it'd be good to just talk about some other things. You know, I think it's the whole reason why people are going to entertainment and um, things like this right now. And uh, it's, it's good to keep things light. <laughs> um just to, just to talk about coronavirus a little bit, and uh, in terms of keeping things light, uh, one of our roommates, um, I'm avoiding eye contact from the lens a lot. It just feels weird staring at the camera. It just it feels really strange. I know that probably as the audience, like this is what they want a little bit, but it just feels very strange looking directly into a lens. <laughs> um, one of our roommates texted our landlord like regarding rent and like, hey, what if we're not able to pay it? <laughs> and um, <laughs> dude was literally like we'll, we'll see if this all blows over by next monday like <laughs> come on man <laughs> we don't know if he's just like being strategic and playing 3d chess on us or if he's just not watching the news at all or like a little bit of both but like <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be laughing away from the mic because I realized watching some of these back that almost every time I laugh it like ruins the audio immediately I just laugh too loud 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> what have what have I been watching to keep it light? I've been I've been rewatching The Last Airbender. It's it's so fucking good, you guys. The Last Airbender is so fucking good. I haven't rewatched it in sequence in a really long time, and there's just so many things that like <clears throat> I appreciated as a kid, but I think just you know I didn't like fully appreciate and like the philosophy of that show. And just how deep it runs and how much attention to detail like went into that show. Like it's it's so good and it's so on par with like a lot of <clears throat> adult shows, you know. Um I've always had like a big uh <clears throat> excuse me. I'm like a little bit sick right now, which I know is scary because of COVID nineteen, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's just a minor chest cold. I know that's like literally the last thing anybody who knows me <laughs> wants to hear right now in these times, but uh, I think I'm okay. But uh, yeah, I've always had a huge soft spot for animation. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why I went to film school and became a filmmaker was because of animation and Pixar, namely. And, uh, you know, I've, al I've always maintained that, you know, you don't have to be PG-13 or R-rated or anything like that to just be considered, like, high art or really good or, like, worthy or whatever you want to call it, you know? As long as you make something really well-crafted and it's a good story and it's engaging or whatever it is, you know, maybe, maybe whatever you're making is just really dope and there's no story at all, whatever it is. But, like, The Last Airbender, like... Oh my god, the world building they did just, it, it makes you want to go in, it makes you want to live there, it makes you want to like meet the characters, it makes you want to be a bender, it's it's so fucking dope, and, and the philosophy that goes into the show, um, whether or not it's Aang or Uncle Iroh, um, there's just so many good adult themes about balance and... Meditation. I wish I had more uh, specific examples off the top of my head so I'm not just like listing a bunch of abstract things, but people who've watched it kind of know what I'm saying, but um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm starting to, I've been getting ready to declare it the GOAT of, of series, and uh, so, some people will disagree with me, some people will say that, you know, there's obviously better anime out there, better... Um, whether or not it's a, another kids show anime or a non-kids show anime, better live action series, but like, he, he, hear me out here. Like, I just, I think that the world building they did was so methodical, so well thought out, so good. The character work and the arcs are just all just completely there. It comes together so well, and just the, just, I don't know, man, just the, the art of it all is just fantastic. If you, if you have the chance to rewatch The Last Airbender and, like, garner some personal wisdom out of it, like, every fucking episode leaves you with something. It's it's really good. It's kind of like a Bible a little bit. I don't know. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been, um... Because I, I always, when I, when I was, I, I always said that Breaking Bad was the best show and maybe even, like, the best movie I've ever watched, not <laughs> even though it's not a movie, and uh, not necessarily saying it's like my favorite art of all time, but Breaking Bad was just one of those things where I was just like, all right, this has captivated me more than anything I've ever watched, and I can't think of anything more methodically, just perfectly done, you know, than Breaking Bad, like it's just everything comes together and culminates so goddamn well, like it's just such a fucking perfect show. Um, and I know some people disagree, uh, that, that's, and that's totally fine, because it's just an, one, one guy's opinion. 
Um, and uh, there's, there's probably definitely things about Breaking Bad and other shows that are technically better than Airbender, but I don't know, dude. Just I, the more and more I watch it, I'm like, this is kind of the goat. This is kind. Of, this is kind of the best shit. I don't know, man. Uh, I've been getting ready to once I finish it to uh, jump into Legend of Korra because uh, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people shit on that show. Um, I think season one of Korra is like by far the most boring and the worst, and then from there, the all the season two, three, and four villains are just really, really dope and represent really really cool philosophies that kind of mirror each other really well and it expands the world and kind of the spirit world and with the origins of bending and it kind of um anyways yeah i i've uh, i've been watching i've been watching a lot more stuff since uh quarantine has been going on than normal i uh the last few years, I feel like I haven't been watching nearly as much stuff as I used to. Um, when I was in high school and middle school, I used to watch uh, TV and movies, but really mostly TV, like, more than anyone I knew. Uh, I remember in high school, I watched enough TV shows to where every day of the week, I had at least one to three or four new episodes of a show to watch. So there was literally never a day of the week where I didn't have something to tap into. Um, and it hasn't really been like that in a while. Um, I remember uh, beginning of college, it was still a little bit like that, but in the last handful of years, um, I was really missing music. And I've just been really, really back into albums and concerts the last few years. And I think um, adult life has not really allowed me to have both of those hobbies or video games either i think in high school i was able to do all three of those things but then once you know bills and full-time job and school and all those things come in you got to start picking and choosing it gets a little bit difficult and uh that's why balance is so important um but yeah, lately I've been watching stuff a lot more and kind of choosing to fall behind on music, which I'm okay with. Um, and uh, I recently saw Waves from 2019 for, for the first time. And let me tell you, I, I highly recommend Waves. Um, I, I Watching it, I had to text my, my film student buddies uh, asking them like yo was this one of the best picture noms from last year like it, it and it wasn't and apparently it wasn't even nominated for anything i i like watching it the whole time it just seemed totally like a best picture nom and uh it just seemed like one of the ones that totally got snubbed and i just a, a 24 really just didn't get nominated for shit last year which is just really strange uh I know it's like a meme or whatever that like film people love A24, but like they, they just really do curate uh, good movies that they choose to put out, and uh, that, w that was one of the ones where watching it, like I thought uh, Best Picture, I thought at least one of them Best Actor, and um, Best Editing, and uh, honestly, even Screenplay, because the structure of it was like really nutty, yeah, yeah. Uh, Really, really fucking good. Highly recommend Waves. I don't, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but uh, I have a connection. <laughs> um, I got to watch a good time. Uh, if you don't know, uh, 
the Safdie brothers who made Uncut Gems, they uh, their their other movie Good Time is starring Robert Pattinson. And if you like Uncut Gems, you will like Good Time. It's pretty much just as good. It's just not starring Howard. It's just, but it feels completely in the same world. I would say good or uh, uncut gems is better by like this much or this much or so but like and you know i think i think adam sandler playing that character gives it like this amount of bonus points so like naturally uncut gems you're just like yeah and like you know but if you saw good time first you you totally would have i imagined gotten that uncut gems feeling that everybody just got and holy shit that movie was just a crazy ride and I am I'm so happy for Robert Pattinson like getting this uh, second wind of a career <coughs> uh, I, I, was, I was talking to my friends the other day it's really cool that uh, him Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Elijah Wood have all gotten to do just like really weird independent like funky movies that are actually like well received as well like I love Swiss Army Man um, Elijah Woods always popping up in weird shit like Wilfred on FX. I always wish kid stars who were women got a better chance with that. You know, I feel like a lot of them wind up getting so much hate. I guess Ariana Grande's had a pretty good go of it, though. <laughs> but, like, shit, like Amanda Bynes, J- Jamie Lynn Spears, like, where, I don't even know where she is. Um, uh. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen Stewart's really good, I think. I think Kristen Stewart's, like, completely underrated and, um... I don't know. I think I think monotone actors get a bad rap. I don't think that that makes them like a bad actor. I think I think people are a little bit too binary with their thinking there. Kristen Stewart's been in some good movies. I don't know. I don't know. Just just a thought. Uh, go check out um, Old Boy. <laughs> Wait, what am I saying? How how am I recommending that? I I finally I'm the idiot who never watched Old Boy before. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I finally watched um, Old Boy from 2003. If you if you're not if you're like me. And not aware. Well, I was aware, but I just never watched it. Old Boy is like clearly one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> and I never got to see it. And um, yeah, so I, I thought it was older just for how freaking good and acclaimed it is. But it only came out in two thousand three, and it has that like super signature um, film look from the two thousands. And like, man, that movie was just gorgeously shot. And the the I I didn't know goddamn anything about the plot going in and that's the way you want to see this movie so i'm not going to tell you anything but let me tell you like old boy is a ride and if you can find a way to watch it because i again watched it through a uh, just let's just say i found a way to watch it um (laughs) holy shit and spike lee remade it in 2013 and i just uh why do we keep remaking like masterpieces like i i remember the second parasite was made there was all this clickbait about how like they were considering already making an american parasite and i was just i assume it's clickbait because that's just how how could a deal like that be made so soon after so i hope it was clickbait but oh my god why did i just (laughs) It makes me like question Spike's judgment a little bit now. I'm just like, God, man! Like, I, it's almost as if like he heard it was going to be remade, and he wanted to intercept it so that it wasn't remade too poorly. But at that point, like, I'm like, don't, don't be, don't be the martyr, man! Like, just, just, just let it. It's like starring Josh Brolin and shit. Old boy has. 
one of the best scenes like i don't even want to say what type of scene but it has like one of the best scenes of its kind i've ever seen in my life and the josh brolin version is just so goofy in comparison it's not goofy but like it just it misses the mark misses the mark yeah, man, that, that movie got me hopped up. Uh, shout out Nick for just being like, hey, you want to watch Old Boy tonight? Uh, yeah, Nick and Elijah have been good quarantine partners for uh, <laughs> watching shit with. We we uh, we went through the entire Matrix trilogy as well. I've never seen the Matrix. Uh, yeah, fun, yeah, fun, fun fact, um, despite going to film school, I, um, I have not seen m- many a film classic. Uh, I'm just, I never really did it. Uh, a lot of people get mad at me for that, so there's just a lot of movies I have not seen that I that people are not aware I haven't seen, and I try to keep it that way because the level of anger <laughs> that they that comes towards me is just palpable, and uh, I can feel a little bit of questioning of qualification as well when I reveal what movies I have and have not seen. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I grew up, like, watching, like, a lot of, like, Ben Stiller movies and, like, Bill Murray movies and Pixar and just, just really random junk, <laughs> honestly. Um, honestly, this is actually a topic I have typed out for later, but I'll just talk about it now. I've always kind of maintained that I don't really... My friend Christian always gets... We, we have a strong divergence on this topic, but I think I think we actually agree more than he thinks we do, but... Because he, he he's a strong advocate of film history and like learning from from the greats, but I, I've always maintained that it's just not actually that important. And what, what what and the reason why is I I think what's ultimately the most important is just that you're inspired by something. And the reason why is like for instance like the show uh, Master of None. I, I love that show and the and in particular the way it's shot. And uh, it informs the way I light things a lot as a cinematographer, um, and I just love the look of that show. But I'm also highly aware that Aziz bases that show uh, largely around French cinema. So you could, um, and like old French cinema. So you could say that I should probably research his inspirations to then give me more insight into um making things the way that like i want to or whatever to be more effective um but i just don't know if i necessarily agree with that because the thing is is like he was inspired by something that connected with his heart for a number of reasons based on how he's lived his life and his personal taste and then that turned into something and now here i am taking in his his creation and then that, that's going to translate and permutate in, into what I make, you know? And I, I just kind of think that that's what, you know, art and inspiration and kind of change and growth is a little bit, you know? And I, I just, and I see in music all the time, like musicians who just are not classically trained or do not know how to read music or play instruments or do not, you know, Vince Staples talks a lot about how like he's never listened to a Tupac album and how he just kind of does what's like intuitive to him, but it just still turns out well. Um, 
And I will say, you know, the times that, like, I do check out something like Old Boy or Taxi Driver or whatever, you know, like, I do get a lot out of it. So I do still think that there's a lot of value to be found. Okay, cool. Camera's recording. I got paranoid there for a second. Um, I do think that there is a lot of value to be found there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that there's no value. Um, but I think ultimately, for me at least, what is most important is that something is hit, striking a chord emotionally with me, and that I'm running with that, and it is guiding my art. And I think that that is ultimately like the transformation of energy and love and creation, and that's kind of how art works a little bit and i think sometimes i've seen i've seen a number of students in film kind of be a little bit formulaic and they feel like okay if i just if i just study everything and read every book and if i know everything that there is to know about citizen kane or akira kurosawa then i am by default going to be good and I don't know if it's really that simple, because ultimately I think that you just have to have something that you want to say, and there has to be things that speak to you, you know? And I also think having um, separate interests is really, really important, and being a well-rounded person, because me being into animation and video games and rap music and electric guitars and the and meditation and and stand-up comedians you know and like number of different things that i'm into i i think that that all makes me the filmmaker that i am and i don't think that that formula is going to work for every single person you know and for my friend Caden, i think that him being a drummer makes him the cinematographer that he is and the editor that he is and uh the youtube skits that my friend michael enjoys makes him a really good cgi artist and 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 so on you know so i i i really do think that just kind of living life and not being rigid and kind of just learning from all walks of life and just kind of gathering as many colors on your palette as you can ultimately is going to make you a really good artist so yeah never never seen the matrix before but i finally watched it and i i completely get it holy shit really really good Shout out Nick, who I think is actually over there. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny what being uh, locked inside uh, will have us all do that you normally wouldn't uh, now that we're all quarantined. Um, for one thing, um, yeah, my buddies uh, Quinlan, Lucas... Um, Lucas has been running um, Color Blue Films on YouTube. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. And I know Q has been helping him run that, unless they're co-running it. hope I'm not getting that wrong either. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the two of them and uh, Joe Tafoya, who makes great uh, short film documentaries, they, they have all been making daily um, short film sketches about being quarantined, and they've made a, a Roomba sketch, a toilet paper sketch, um, I'm a workout one, and, and like they, they've they've just been like making them like every freaking day, and they're so good. <laughs> and like I just think about like the level of like ambition that it takes for like the three of them to just like come up with a premise, write, shoot, edit. What's up, Nick? How you doing? You gonna be my live audience? <laughs> All right, we got a we got a we got a live studio. <laughs> 
That literally, oh my god, he has an applause sign. This feels good. This feels good, guys. Feels a little unnatural, but also natural at the same time. Oh, it says Gozane. How cute. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like the level of, um, now I'm just rambling at you. Uh. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you could be like my Andy Richter and every now and again I'll ask you for like a co-opinion. This is how we pod. This is, this is you can you can be my Rory. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was saying shout out Nick for getting me to watch Matrix and Old Boy finally. <laughs> well, it's weird if you hold up an applause sign to me because now I'm clapping for my own show. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Came to disrupt the flow. It's it's completely disrupting the flow. You can be here, but if you're gonna be like coughing every two seconds, I don't know if this works. <laughs> the mic can't pick me up. It, it definitely can pick you up. This is the most echoey room in the in the world. <laughs> this is the opposite of a podcast studio, guys. I apologize. All right, back to it. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is such a good content. Um, yeah, but no, Q Joe and Lucas making daily sketches. Like, uh, b- back when I was, like, doing a YouTube channel with Q, like, we, we talked all the time about, like, making a short film every two weeks or a behind-the-scenes video and, like, thing. And there were so many goals, like, we never hit. And we were a group of, like, eight people. But now that we're, co- now that we're all quarantined, like, the three of those guys, they've put out, like, fucking, like, nine sketches, like, nine days in a row, and, like, th- like a lot of YouTubers, like, don't even do that, and they're all pretty good, and they're shot well, and they're lit well, you know, gr- granted, like, <laughs> a lot of us literally got laid off and don't have an income right now, and we're literally going, like, mentally unstable, so I think, I, I think that, that plays into it, um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's just, it's just kind of interesting what, um, perspective shift and what change of circumstances will have us do um because like for instance like i've been trying to like quit uh smoking weed for um like a long time now um i I took a month off in october and that made me feel enormously well i i ate out less than any other month that that month i my workout schedule was really good i was getting better sleep i felt more capable of working on the music videos I was working on at the time than I had in a very long time. I feel like my general anxiety and depression was better. And, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say, and like, honestly, the biggest, um, difficulty for me is that I really enjoy smoking weed. And I think in my head, I've always wanted to, um, have some sort of balance where I don't fully give it up. And I'm just like a responsible user that can be like, Hey, Oh God, I spilled my water. This is a disaster. What do I do? Oh, God. I mean, it's not going to burn the house down, so, like, it's kind of okay. Oh, God. Nick is coming to the rescue. But, you know, like, I've always kind of wanted to, like... (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) I I think I legally have to pay you now. You checking the shot? I think it looks good. I think I framed it right. Are you... Making me clean? (laughs) Shit. All right, we're back. We spilled a lot of water. <laughs> this is a disaster. And, uh, yeah, we're still recording shit, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, you know, like, I, I always, I've, I've always been trying to look out for my health, but, like, I also, like, I liked the idea in my head that I could be a, you know, responsible user, so I kind of think I was, like, clinging on to the idea of, like, well, 
I can just not fully quit and then just use it a little bit on Saturdays and then it's no big deal, bro. But then like I always just wind up going back to my same shitty habits and it's just like an endless shitty cycle and then like a year and a half goes by and it's just like, damn it, you know? Um, But then, you know, coronavirus hits and it's just like I'm like... (laughs) literally being so healthy now like just committing to all these goals that like i've had in the past my sleep schedule is the one thing that i'm still working on but in general like i've been pretty i've been pretty good about like waking up and like making like the same like protein shake like green smoothie thing like almost every single morning i have not really been smoking and like Because, like, the second you have this, like, crazy perspective shift of just, like, oh, hey, there's this virus that's, like, out here to kill everybody, and you can't go outside and interact with anyone, and your immune system is compromised, it's just, like, oh. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's just really, and the fact that it's, like, global, and, like, you're just, you literally can tap into anyone, like, state to state or country to country, and you see everybody just kind of doing the same things and talking about the same things like there's just nothing like this in our lifetime you know and it's just it's just really interesting to have something uh like this pop up um it it really really is and like me calling it interesting is even just the most privileged american bullshit in the entire world you know because other people in the world are like going through you know, war-torn, hungry countries, famine, like, legitimately, you know, I'm, I'm over here going, oh, interesting, you know, um, but I, I, I think you get what I'm saying, um, I haven't really been eating much fast food, although Nick did cop me some canes today, and that was very lit, so shout out Nick again, canes is so good, I love canes, I'll defend canes over Chick-fil-A any day, and I, I, I don't want the smoke, but if I have to give it, like, Canes is just much better than Chick-fil-A. It's, it's about the overall experience. I, I won't go into it. Okay. Um, one, one of the things that I've found um, a lot easier since quarantine, um, now that you know I've just been trapped in home, I think, is just being a lot easier on myself. Um, I'm still struggling with it, but... For one thing, I, I think normally I'm just always uh, overly hard on myself about living a life of productivity, of, I don't know, like meeting deadlines, hitting a certain amount of progress day to day, always being going, like, I think I feel this inherent need to be better than like my peers or my competition or else like I'm not good enough or something like that. I don't know if that comes from like being an honor student or like fear of death or what it or what it is. It's it's probably a a, a big number of things, but you know I, I I think I think when you're living life free of conflict, the the human body and the human psyche finds a way to create conflict. I think that that's just part of our DNA. That's just part of our mechanism. You know. Because anxiety biologically is part of us because we have inherent flight or flight responses from our ancestors. You know, it's essentially the fear of the unknown. It's the anticipation of danger that doesn't exist yet. And I think that when people are living a little bit cushy 
and people get used to what their life looks like, they kind of start to find flaws in it and ways to get dissatisfied. And they really kind of start thinking about why they're not good enough or the situation isn't good enough, you know, because it depends. You know, some people blame it all on themselves. Some people blame it all on others. The, some people blame it on institutions or all the above. Um, but I've really found that being locked down right now and just having like this grand reality of like, hey, shit is not okay outside. And there's just like a lot of risk literally on the whole planet. Um, it's really given me a lot of pause to just kind of be easier on myself. Um, I was texting uh, my friend Jay, um, and and he was saying that he felt the same way. Uh, we we were joking that it's uh, it shows how much capitalism has fucked us up. <laughs> you know, we're just always trying to like one up each other and make a bottom dollar or whatever. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, you know, I just, in the past, like, I've always looked at, like, (sighs) relaxing and playing too many video games and watching movies and doing a lot of these things that are, like, really just necessary and regenerative and just the things that life is kind of all about, you know, just enjoying yourself as almost, like, as an adult, they've almost started to feel like wastes of times and, like, things to chastise myself for doing and, and now I've just been watching, like, more movies than ever and playing a, a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> and um, I, I feel like I've... And I, I think as a result, I've been having more creative ideas in the last week and a half than I, I can, I've had in a very long time. I really cannot remember the last time I've had this amount of ideas. And m- maybe it's just because I've been smoking less weed because I know scientifically the, those two things are, are linked quite a bit as well. You know, there, there's a number of factors here, you know. I, I think I think a lot of people are ironically going through a bit of healing right now. You know, those of us who are privileged enough to, you know, catch a breath and who aren't currently completely shell-shocked from having to find a job or worrying about paying rent or buying groceries or we're homeless in the first place or in the ER. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have an excuse to really just kind of catch a breath for a second and reach out to friends and family and just kind of tell them how you feel a little bit more. And it's it's really funny, too, because I've seen so many people online joke about how when this is all over, if when all this is over, <laughs> uh, you know, the government and all of our workplaces will be able to be like, oh, so we could have been working from home this whole time. Oh, we could have had UBI this whole time. We could have had all these things. Hey, let's not let you forget. Let's not let you forget how quick you were able to shift the keys, you know? And uh, I, 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 it's a funny idea. Uh, and I think that that's really important too um, when it comes to kind of the amount of slowing down that we all have right now. And I think that was a big central theme on Gambino's new album, too. You know, listening to Feels Like Summer in the grander context of the rest of the album as well. I, I think a lot of his album has a lot to do with, you know, the gift of being wrong and changing and growing up and just kind of loving things and just being different and letting go um, and minimalism and everything from you know just the blank cover to the lack of titles to 
the only titles there being, you know, time and algorithm and things like that. Uh, yeah. It's, uh... One of one of my family members, she was she was uh, she was trying to come up with alternative Easter plans, and she was like, "What if we all go to a really big park? We bring our own picnic baskets and picnic blankets, and we sit really far away from each other, and we all conversate from far away." And I was just like, "You know, <laughs> really creative. Sounds like a great fun idea, but let's just still not do it because I just I." <laughs> I'm seeing what's happening in Italy, and I just, I really think that this is a time for us to just rise to the occasion and just do what the scientists and the doctors say, you know? And I'm seeing all these posts on online of, you know, the, you know, just ER workers in the hospital and how goddamn shell-shocked they are and how they just feel, like, helpless and, like, they don't know what they're doing and how they're praying to God and... I just I just want to do the right thing here, you know. I um I I remember uh I remember the three lessons in history class that made me the most upset um in history classes in school were learning about the Holocaust, learning about Emmett Till and learning about the bubonic plague. And I remember learning about the bubonic plague was just I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it wiped out a, a what was it like a third of europe like jesus like jesus christ guys <laughs> like oh my god you know like I'm, I'm glad that we're not all like having these giant swollen lymph nodes or whatever like i'm glad and there's not like these like beak nosed like doctor ass motherfuckers <laughs> doing like house visit calls i'm glad that it's not like that it's not like armageddon outside but i think that there's a little bit about the invisibleness of the disease that it, that in in some ways might even be more haunting um you know i uh i i think i think for me the things that have been the most scary about the virus have really been the asymptomatic people um one, one thing that was just a really big yeah i really have not been making eye contact in the lens at all. I'm sorry, guys, if that's weird, but I'm, I'm just going to keep looking around. Um, yeah, the asymptomatic patients kind of really have me the most freaked out because it just really makes me feel like I have zero way of knowing if I or other people have it. Um, and it makes me feel sometimes like maybe I'm overreacting or underreacting in my precautions in the way that I talk to other people. And I don't want to be blowing up at other people and coming off as this paranoid asshole. But I also don't want to be putting myself or other people at danger when I could not be, you know? And it's just a really weird time because I just don't think anybody in our generation has ever gone through something like this, you know? And, uh, you know, like having somebody like Idris Elba be like, I have it, but just there's nothing wrong with him? Like, what the fuck is that, you know? And on the other hand, there's um, some uh, Olympic swimmer, I believe, and his, his lungs are, like, just completely fucked up, and apparently, like, it's, they're, they're just gonna be not good for forever, and I, I don't know if he can swim again or not, but, like, talk about having one of the best, you know, cardiovascular systems and one of the best immune systems you could possibly have, you know, and just, he, you know, and it's like, he wasn't safe, apparently, and, uh, I don't want to be 
you know, creating any extra panic to anyone listening right now who might already be having it. But my, my only point is, uh, I just, I just think doing your due diligence is really important right now. And that if you are in a position where you can stay at home as much as possible and just kind of relax, I, I, I really do find it important. Um, Something I realized is I, you know, I really am at a point of privilege where I can just go to the grocery store and buy like $160 worth of groceries and just sit for 20 days before I have to go again, you know? Some people have $50 in their account, you know? I I think the statistic is that uh, 40% of Americans cannot afford an unexpected $400 bill. Um, So I don't really know what that translates to the average bank account, but... um, I'm, I'm well aware that the average person might have to go to the grocery store three times a week, or maybe they literally can only afford to go to the grocery store once a week, and then they have to eat out bi-daily or once a day or something like that, and uh, that, that's kind of been terrifying me a lot, honestly. Um, But yeah, my, my, my personal strategy was just to go to the grocery store, get as much as possible, not panic buy, not buy pallets of things, but just buy a, as big a variety of things as I possibly can and then just work with that. And I, I think when I got to about halfway through my food that I currently now am running a little bit low on, but I, I, I re-upped a little bit recently. Shout out Nick again for going to the store for me and getting some stuff because he was making a run anyways. Nick's the best, honestly. Really, really good guy to live with. Um, yeah, like I was, I was going to go make some food and I was out of cheese and I was thinking, oh, well maybe I should go to the store and get some cheese and then I could get more chicken while I'm at it and then I won't have to go as soon. But then I was thinking, well, wait, I'm not even out of food yet. So let's just wait until I'm completely out of food and then go then, because why would I go sooner than I need to? You know what I mean? Because I I remember my mom always told me about eating out, you know, just eat the food that you have. Don't eat out, just eat the food that you have. And, uh, you know, in recent years, I've kind of neglected that a bit more. In the past, I didn't eat out as much. But, you know, lately, I'm I'm pretty bad about eating out um, up until quarantine. But but now, now, lately, I've just been thinking, I should just wait until I'm, like, out, out, and then and then go, so then I can just kind of minimize the interaction. So I've, I've pretty much not been inside another building besides my house, with the exception of the market across our street, like once or twice in about like 13 days or so. I did, I, I realized I did go to the market like kind of semi-recently, but yeah. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, and it, it uh, yeah, the asymptomatic thing just really is weird. And and the other thing, too, is, like, we just haven't been, for, for Americans at least, like, a lot of us, we you know, the quarantine thing, we're barely hitting two weeks right now. You know, a lot, a lot of people, I think, they're acting like we've been inside for a month or for three months. But, like, a, a lot of people, like, this is their second week, you know? And a lot of people are already acting like, oh, it's been a year. And I'm like, guys, like, we... <laughs> It might be like this for a minute, so let's let's get comfortable, you know, with this lifestyle. Um, it's uh, I, I I hope if anything, this gives us all a bit of perspective about waste. Um, Lord knows, like how much food I've I've wasted 
over the years and, and even clothing like I, I own way too much clothing so, some, something I've tried to do the last year is I've tried to bag up old socks um, and wash them and just kind of have those in my car ready to go for homeless people with change because I realize like homeless people aren't buying socks they're probably wearing the same socks like 40 times in a row and using their money on like fast food and shit you know and like when, when I tell them hey can you have a bag of socks like they freak out it's it's the least thing they're expecting you know um and like i just i there, there's so there's just a lot of waste you know and i i just i think about like every, every single time like i let f meat expire like it, it just bums me out i think about like ah oh, fuck this animal literally didn't have to die uh so I, i've been trying to be really careful about um what i'm cooking and just eating all of it and just making sure that it all gets used um i have like a bag of potatoes that i think is starting to grow <laughs> some little tiny potatoes <laughs> off of itself right now so i need to get those going soon maybe i'll make some fries in the oven <laughs> um co cooking's been really fun honestly we we have some pecan trees in the backyard and uh i uh the other day i picked pecans from the ground and from the branches for about an hour and now i've been smashing them up uh cracking them and sauteing them with chili flakes butter garlic salt and cinnamon and then throwing in broccoli at the like the last part for a little bit and that shit is really really good um i've been oh another thing that's been a game changer i've been just cooking like one scrambled egg like halfway through the day here's the thing in the past Anytime I made eggs, I would only ever make three eggs. Like I would, like I'm a big guy, so it would always be. I would always make like toast and three scrambled eggs. And eggs are one of those foods that are like so weird texture-wise, and they fill you in such a weird way that like I would either really be in the mood to have eggs with something, and I would finish them up, or I would eat half of it, get kind of grossed out, and toss them. And again, like with the waste thing, like just I uh, feel bad. And in terms of just like making sure that like you're keeping energy in you just cracking one egg scrambling it throwing it in a pan and eating it like you can literally and doing the dish you can get that whole like literally that whole thing done in like like 10 minutes like from from cracking it to being done with your dishes like that's like a 10 minute thing and, and eggs have like they have like protein vitamin a like zinc iron they have so many good things for you in them uh I might need to fact check that, but like they, they have like a lot of good things in you. So like I've just been like making one egg uh, protein shakes. Um, so yeah, cook, cooking has been one of the fun things. Uh, Nick last night he made like twenty four strawberry cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, we, we we both ate three, and then we just kind of looked at ourselves like, what do we do now? <laughs> I've been noticing a lot of people baking online. I think I think it's been putting people in the baking mood. Um, Elijah's dad, he left us with some homemade sourdough, and that shit was just slappo. I want to learn how to make sourdough. I think you literally have to, like, grow fungus in your fridge for, like, weeks to even be able to make sourdough. Like, that's, like, one of those weird breads, but I, I, I think it's the best bread. <sighs> but, yeah, uh, this, yeah, this whole thing, like, it's just, uh, it's, it's, I think it's leaving people with just, like, some weird existential but also in a good way <laughs> um perspective and i hope it has oh and i hope it i hope that has some some long lasting effects and it, and it really is strange being able to go on your phone and just kind of see everybody across the country and across the globe 
dealing with the same thing. I, I have a I have a filmmaker friend who lives in France, and I was up really late uh, the night Animal Crossing was out. I played it from like 11 p.m. to 7:30 a.m. Are you snapping me, Nick? What's up, hey gang? Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, she and I were just talking a little bit about um, the pandemic, and um, I don't know. It's just like. How how are me and her dealing with the same problem right now? And I have a friend, uh, Maggie, in Philadelphia, and just the, just the same thing. It's just one of those things where you never really think that like you and those two other people are going to be like going through literally the same issue at the same time. Like it just it, that like that just doesn't register in your head, you know? It just really doesn't. Damn, this is kind of a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, I think I'm gonna move on from coronavirus. Um, one, yeah. So one one topic I have here. Um, so I, I re- one thing that I've really seen as a common trend over the recent years. Why are you laughing so much, bro? Are you like snapping the, the crew right now? Live. You're live. I hate that. Take me off live. I don't. Get Malik out of here! This isn't released yet. <laughs> I mean, what's up, Malik? But like, <laughs> I was like, he's holding it for such a long time. It was one of them. It was, oh, it was a, oh, you were on the burner. You were on the burner. You weren't on yours. You were on the main. You can't be on the main. <laughs> This fucking guy. Anyways, <laughs> Nick is a Nick, Nick is a sneaky guy, but he makes cupcakes, so it's fine. Um, yeah, one one thing I've seen is a common trend online of the recent years is just kind of a lot of just unnecessary arguing and kind of binary thinking, and um, I think a lot of people just kind of coming to just making sure camera's still good. Kind of, I, th- I think I just wind up seeing a lot of people um, getting into arguments online and coming to such extreme opinions that arise from a place of, if you this, you must not this. And I wish I had like a good hard example I could offer right now, but like, I think, I think the more I, I ramble on this, maybe I'll come up with something, but... I think right now, now is a really good time for people just not to be cynical. I, I, I think I think that it's going to be easy for us to have our defeatist moments through the days and to have our panic and to feel like, oh, everybody's going to die. <laughs> I think we're going to have those moments, maybe even once a day, maybe even twice a day. Um, but I, I think ultimately now is the time, if anything, to try to enjoy stuff more than ever. And I think that's the irony. I think, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people are being easier on themselves more than ever, embracing hobbies more than ever. And, you know, you see it in these, like, Daily 10 challenges, people posting, like, the four video games that define me, my top 10 favorite albums, my I'm going to do push-ups or whatever the fuck. You know, I, I, I see a puppy, you post a puppy. And... I think now is a really good time to not be cynical towards that sort of behavior. Because I just you know, I I'm I'm not saying that like rude 
senses of humor should be banned you know like i'm i'm such a big fan of comedy you know i think that all walks of comedy is acceptable and fine and i'm not saying like oh you can't be mean like i'm not i'm not saying that like of course you know yeah people people will always be able to find a comedic angle i think trolling can be funny but i i just (laughs) I, i i think that right now it's just that sort of oh, I hate this, oh, you're being annoying, I just want y'all to, you know, it's like, we don't need it, we just really don't need that attitude, just let, let people enjoy things, let people try things, because right now, I am seeing people embrace hobbies and embrace trying new things more than I have seen like ever, you know, just like in in terms of just like all at once and like at such a high velocity, you know, like our our one buddy Caden, Caden two four three, he's he just started uh, his Twitch stream. So did Kenny Beats. So did Lonely God. Um, fucking our friend, you know, one of my friends, she's like posting her yoga every day on her story. Um, I just posted like my top ten favorite albums the other day. Like my one buddy, he's been like sharing dogs. Uh, my friend Raina Bowers, who's like an amazing photographer, she curated uh, this really, really helpful list of um, local Phoenix businesses on her Instagram. And you know what? I'm even going to pull up her profile just so you guys have this as a resource. Um, let's see here. Does she, is she one of those people that has two accounts? Okay. So my friend, on, on Instagram, her name is Raina Virginia. I'm not sure if this is her main account where she has the list posted, but she, she put together a comprehensive list of local businesses to shop from to one, help economically support them, but then two, keep you guys from going to high um, foot traffic volume places to just kind of flatten the curve a bit. But the point is, is I, I've just been seeing creativity lately um, just flourish in a way that it normally doesn't. And I, I, it's just so encouraging. And, you know, I, I think that obviously that is largely due to people being trapped inside, losing their jobs, being put in situations that they otherwise wouldn't be put in. But I, I just think that it's it's a really good time to also, for the flip side of the coin, be reminded, like, just just let people enjoy it. Like, don't be cynical. Don't be like, oh, like, I, I, hate, I hate this. I hate people who enjoy Animal Crossing or stop, stop posting this. Because, like, even with the stay home posts, you're already starting to see people, like, post shit like... Stop telling me to stay home. We get it. <laughs> I'm like, guys, like, there's spring breakers out there. The Florida beaches are full. There's people on Twitter licking toilet seats. Like, <laughs> people need to hear it. I'm sorry. And it's like, if you're one of those followers who's tired of it, just, you, you don't even have to unfollow. You can just mute. You know what I mean? Like, people, I think people just get so, like, people kind of just act like kings when they're like on their phones they're just like yes no unfollow you do not i will not look at your content anymore you know you you displease me now you once pleased me but no longer you have you do not have value and it's just like it's just kind of gross it's just kind of gross you know it's a little bit funny you know there's the there's the occasional handful of people that like know how to word jokes there's people who know how to make memes and those are like the special ones who get like a pass i think 
but the the groups of people who are just kind of like piss babies or whatever just like just shut up <laughs> just just go find something to do because it's just you know just, there's no I, yeah i i Conan O'Brien is is a uh, is a sh- is on a short list of like personal heroes of mine. I really love Conan. Um, I've I've just com- comedy is very very important to me, and I started watching uh, late night shows uh, from a young age, specifically uh, Letterman and Conan. And uh, when Conan had the Tonight Show, and uh, NBC took it away from him to get ratings for Jay Leno, and then they immediately realized that wouldn't work anyway either, and they put Fallon in there. Um, on, on Conan's final show, um, he basically, after a week of trolling NBC and doing all these skits that were basically based around, fuck NBC, I'm, I'm going to do all these really expensive skits that waste their money, and they're, they're really funny. And they were also obviously fake. He obviously was not actually like doing $4 million skits. He basically said um, before his final musical performance, which was really beautiful, he said, you know, NBC has been a home to me for many years, and they told me that I will be allowed now to say whatever I want as my goodbye. He said, "This is true. This is true. I'll be I'll I'll be allowed to say whatever I want right now." So he was basically opening the floor for him to maybe go off a little bit and do maybe like pull a Kanye. And I remember he basically thanked them profusely for giving him the life that he had, and just you know said that things didn't necessarily go the way that he imagined. But the, the sentiment that he left, uh, I remember it, it I, I think I was an eighth grader, and it really, really uh, resonated with me. Um, and I think it, it's a large part of why I am who I am today, honestly. Um, I, I remember he basically said, if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. And he said that his least favorite trait in humans is cynicism. And he just said that he hates cynicism and it doesn't get you anywhere and there's just no point to it. And I really do believe that. And I, I remember like he just kind of got a tear in his eye and like the audience just clapped. And it was just a very emotional moment. And uh, I don't know, that's um it's always really stuck with me, you know, just I just really believe in like kind of the goodness of humans. So, you know, it's it's just really encouraging for me to see people creating stuff so much right now. Ugh. I remember uh I remember when I was a kid once, like an elementary schooler age, so maybe like eight or nine. I remember one time, like I've always been kind of just a, I was always extremely shy and introverted as a kid, and I was always extremely afraid of raising my hand in class, reading out loud in class. So doing something like what I'm doing right now is actually like the exact opposite of what um, my childhood self could ever even picture me doing, honestly. Um, It's taken a lot of like confronting fears and just growing, I think, to be able to publicly do any like even order in restaurants honestly um and uh i so like i was always very introspective i just remember as a kid like thinking very deeply and analyzing things and questioning things whether or not it was authority or rules or the way things worked or whatever i i remember one time like being in the car coming home from school and i remember i was i was i was frustrated with school you know kids 
kids in general hate going to school. They just wanna they just wanna go home and watch cartoons and do what they want to do. You know, they just want to enjoy life. You know, it's like, oh, Zane, you gotta do homework, and you're like, fuck, fuck, I don't want to do homework. You know, it's like Zane, you gotta do chores, and you're like, I don't want to do fucking chores. You know, like whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, in general, kids are just kind of run, you know, just enjoying life. And I think adults are kind of that way too. That's why we're so uh, pronounced towards uh, procrastination. It's hard for us to achieve goals sometimes, take on new hobbies. You know, the whole, you know, old dog can't learn new tricks thing. I think that really kind of comes from our childhood self of just wanting to do what we want to do. I don't think we really change that much in that sense. But I remember I, remember I was in, in the car thinking about school. And I remember I was thinking, why, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to do that? And I remember thinking, oh, well, you have to get a job. And then I remember thinking, well, why, why do you have to get a job? And then I remember thinking, well, you have to get money. And then I remember thinking, well, why do you have to get money? And I was like, well, you need it to get a house, and you need it to get food, and you need it to get this and that. And I remember I was like eight or nine just thinking about how, like, look, looking out the window, looking at all these buildings, all these adults just going to and from places. And I remember thinking, like, well, hold on a minute. Like, money is this fake thing that humans have invented and assigned value to, and we, but, but we created tools that actually do things, and we have factories that make things. And, I, I'm, a, and I'm holding my Game Boy, you know, that's apparently expensive. And I remember as a kid just thinking, like, oh, money is the problem with society. If there wasn't any such thing as money, I wouldn't have to go to school or have a job. And then I remember just thinking, like, huh, if we just only built mansions, and if we built one Game Boy for every human, and if we made as much food for every human that there is, and I, th I think as a kid I just accidentally invented communism in my head. <laughs> like, I just accidentally, like, became Karl Marx or something. <laughs> or I guess socialism, whichever it is, I don't even know. <laughs> but I, I remember, like, ultimately the point was I was trying to determine, like, why do I have to do all this stuff that keeps me from doing what I want to do? And I think for everybody, that's the biggest frustration that they face. I think ultimately people just constantly feel like there's just these things tugging at them, pulling them away from what they really want to be doing. And sometimes those, those forces are so strong that they don't even know what they want, you know? Uh, it's, it's really hard, you know? Some people don't even have hobbies. Some people don't even, like, really do anything, you know? They, they, they might have a weekend and just not really even do anything with it, or maybe they, they want to, but in their head, they're like, okay, three weeks from now, th that's when I'll be able to start taking that class or start that new diet or reset my sleep schedule, you know? Every, everybody's just trying to catch up all the time. And, um, that, that's why, like, I just really wish we had systems in place, like, universal health care and universal basic income and a living wage and just things that set people up to just do what they want to do and we lived in a society where our infrastructure uh i.e the government and education and etc was more so opening the gates for hey bud what, what do you want to do rather than us being inputs to their machines um because I, th I think I think ultimately like the point of existence is, is creativity and not even necessarily being an artist but I, I do think that more things are art forms than people 
maybe even realize. You know, I think in recent years, <clears throat> people have really come around to the idea that uh, cooking is an art form um, in a mainstream way. And I think Anthony Bourdain is a big reason for uh, mainstreaming that in America, at least. I think in other countries, like they, like Asia in particular, like the continent, you know, they, they, they've known that for a very long time. Um, but I think, I think, I think, you know, humanity has just always wanted to be freed up to just be creative and express things because I, I feel the most myself when I'm taking in the ideas and the teachings and the philosophies of other people and listening to others and gathering what that means to me and enriching myself and growing from it. And I feel the most myself when I'm inter when I'm interpreting and expressing those things back out in the form of artwork <clears throat> or new ideas, whether or not that's a conversation with someone or me making a new meal and perfecting it and just getting like really good with like a new recipe or perfecting like a pan sear or a new short film or getting this really multilateral concept in my head. And finally finding a way to articulate it and incept it into somebody else's head in the form of a short film or whatever it is. And I think all human beings have that to offer. And that's like the whole point of this thing. And so few people get a chance to live a life like that. You know, so many people, I think they are raised to, to believe that they're supposed to fill a role, you know. I think it's kind of like that movie Ants, that Bugs Life knockoff, where they're like, here, you take a helmet, you're a soldier, here, take this, you're going to the mines, and it's just like, you're this or you're this. But, you know, in our society, it's like, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a fast food worker, you're this, there, that, you're a, you're a parent even. Some people look at that in the form of parenthood, and uh, don't get me wrong, like, I think being a parent and raising a family is fulfilling in its own right, but I think ultimately finding ways to really get to know yourself and be a vessel of the universe uh, is kind of what fulfillment can be. And I, I just wish that our systems were better in place and kind of more designed around the idea of that. And right now I think that our country is very emblematic of just capitalism run amok and it's just a lot of corporate greed and corporations and private interest and government officials are starting to have a lot of blurred lines and it's very evident that the flow of change in this country are based on private interest and not supporting us as individuals and in doing what we want to do and I think that that needs to change um, that's why I supported Andrew Yang so much um, but you know, in, in, in this time when people are just quarantined and everybody's just getting so dang creative, you know, whether or not it's just making a top 10 movie list or whatever the fuck it is, you know, it, it's just, it's it's really encouraging to me to see so many, for lack of better words, normal people just expressing themselves. And I just, I, I would hate to see an equal amount of people be cynical towards that because they're bored. I would encourage those same people to instead find something that excites them because i think that's really important um 
Just um, for some brief thoughts on Andrew Yang um, and politics right now, um, I obviously really wanted him to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, my second choice was Bernie Sanders, and right now, just mathematically, based on the delegates, it looks like it's not going to be him. It looks like it's going to be Joe Biden, which is disappointing to me because Joe Biden was not even my third or fourth <laughs> choice. Fuck, if I, if I really thought about it, he might not have even been my fifth um maybe he would have been i don't know i never really thought that far down the line <laughs> um but i just saw like a massive amount of uh bernie sanders supporters um extremely mad at andrew yang for endorsing uh joe biden and i just wanted to give my two cents on that since like i was kind of the extremely public andrew yang guy on the internet for a year um, so for one thing, I will say, I actually also disagree with his choice to do that at the time that he did. Um, but I, what I, but I think for different reasons than the Bernie people have. So I, one thing is I think Andrew is someone who's extremely true to his word and he's a man of principles. And ironically, that is the thing that Bernie people are knocking him for, for being a sellout or whatever, which I, I don't think he is at all. And this will actually go back to the binary thinking thing and unnecessary arguing. So when, when Yang uh, dropped out of the race, he did so earlier than Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Tom Steyer, I think earlier than a lot of people did. And it resulted in him getting a lot of grace and thanks and public appeal in ways that I wasn't even expecting. You know, there were people like Bernie Sanders, uh, AOC, news publications writing full thank yous and op-eds and really really nice sentiments about him and it was really sweet to see um and you can make the argument that maybe they were just trying to get his supporters but i really don't think that's what it was i think that they kind of sensed a certain amount of humbleness from him because you know he pretty much just said hey i don't think me staying in the race any longer mathematically makes any sense because this amount of states has been lost and because of that, it seems like I'm not going to win. I had a really strong chance a few weeks ago, but now I don't. So it's time for me to go and start making sure that the Democratic nominee wins. And he always said that the reason why he was running was because he was the best bet. And I believed that too, for a number of reasons. And that's for a different conversation. And afterwards, he, he became um, a political commentator on CNN. And I thought that that was a brilliant move because... Instead of going away into the shadows, he now is on primetime television every single night fighting for his ideas in an environment that, as we all know, is normally corrupt, you know? Um, I know that we've all said forever that Fox News is propaganda, but, like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, like, all mainstream news is, like, fucking so biased. It's all so competitive it's all them trying to break the story as soon as humanly possible they make errors all the freaking time it's really biased they're always trying to sandbag bernie sandbag yang sandbag tulsi they propped up mike bloomberg like literally overnight it's 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 fucking insane they're a big reason why trump is our president it's ridiculous so the idea that he went straight to the news and now he's there like every night like or you know every now and again fighting for ideas like UBI. I thought that was an amazing idea. Um, but then you immediately got uh, people like Kyle Kalinske and other, you know, Bernie 
uh, supporters being like, he's a sellout, he's a corporate sellout, I guess he doesn't really care about the issues. And I'm like, guys, like, that's so, <laughs> that's so binary, like, you can't just, <laughs> and I'm, that, like, that's the kind of form of thinking that I'm concerned about right now. Because the thing is, is like I I love Bernie Sanders. I love him a lot. I just liked Yang more, and it's really as simple as that. But a lot of Bernie supporters are the ones who really have me concerned. Because one thing I liked about Andrew Moore is that with his speeches, he really seems to stick to just expressing facts and numbers and just saying, "Hey, this percent of people." are this and this is what is happening and here is my solution for this and he's just extremely pragmatic and he just expressed the issues and the solutions to said issues in a way that i never heard before and he had the most number of policies of any candidate and i'm not even saying i agreed with 100 percent of them i didn't you know there were areas that i thought bernie was better at there were certain things that i thought tulsi had that were great even marianne williamson but i i liked him the most um, and I re- so I, I do really like Bernie, and he was strongly my second choice. My issue with Bernie a lot of time is that he speaks very much so as a passionate politician, but still as a politician where he's giving speeches, he's speaking very abstractly, metaphorically, and he's not all the time giving numbers. He's not all the time, you know, he, he he's doing the thing that po- politicians have always done where he's trying to rally up crowds and get his base excited and kind of do this to his opposition. And the issue I have there a lot of the time is I know I know that he's researched, I know that he knows what he's talking about, but it, it concerns me when his supporters don't, and like a lot of people, they're just headline readers or not actual video watchers, and they don't really quite know what they're talking about, and then it leads to people saying like, Andrew Yang is a sellout, or he should be imprisoned, or cra- you know, just crazy shit like that. And it's just like, come on, guys. Um, so, Andrew said that he would not endorse anyone unless they came forward with um, his UBI plan or if they became the nominee um, for Democratic Party. The thing you got to realize is, is that his supporters are extremely passionate and like not easily swayed and they were kind of ride or die for him. So an endorsement from Andrew really was not going to mean shit for his supporters, ironically. So this big importance that a lot of Bernie people put on Andrew endorsing Bernie really wouldn't have helped them as much as I think that they think it would. Um, there was a poll that said that like 42% of Yang supporters wouldn't support another nominee. And you have to realize that like a big reason why he was so su- successful is because he pulled a fuck ton of Trump voters away from the Republican Party, which is what we should be doing right now. And, that, and that, back to like the binary thinking thing, that's why I think like we shouldn't just be like yelling at all Republicans right now. We should be like instead garnering people on our side and having conversations and just being calm. And trying to understand why people think what they think. I'm not saying agree with them, but just try to understand, you know, even if you detest what they're saying. And I, I think for some people that's just really difficult, but it's something to be worked on. Um, and, 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 I, and I understand, because for a lot of people, these, these issues are extremely emotional and personal for them. And, 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 I, and I get it. Um, but anyways... Andrew, um, and the thing is, is Tulsi Gabbard, she actually did endorse UBI, but he didn't endorse Tulsi Gabbard. She knew that she had like 1% 
polling. He very easily could have been literal and been like, well, she did it, so she's my endorsement. But but no, he didn't do that because he's ultimately trying to get the best chance to beat Trump to win. And that's where I'm sure a lot of Bernie people right now are like screaming inside their heads, well, that's Bernie. And I agree. With our current candidates left, that is Bernie. Um, And that's where I'm really disappointed that fucking Donald Trump endorsed an emergency UBI stimulus before Bernie Sanders did (laughs) the other week. Um, And I really wish that he embraced that idea because Bernie did, in fact, speak highly of UBI back in 2014 and 2017. Um, And Yang made it very publicly clear that that's what it would take for an endorsement. So I wish that he can, you know, did that. So I'm, I'm not sure why his team doesn't want that as a platform, but I guess they don't. Um, but Yang said live on CNN that the pretty much the only reason why he was endorsing Joe Biden was because mathematically with the states of Michigan and whatever the other two or three that Biden won that night were, was that Joe Biden mathematically was pretty much checkmate the eventual nominee. So he was just endorsing him early to unite the party and unite his supporters, a lot of which are former Republicans, as fast as possible. And that's a choice I kind of disagree with. I kind of wish he just waited until Bernie officially lost or officially dropped out, which still hasn't happened yet. Uh, Mostly because it would have avoided all this uproar um, and it would have just made him stick to his words more literally but 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 i i understand what he's explaining that he did um and i i think the people you know that just read the headline and they were just like ah you know they just started talking about how he's like a traitor to the american soil and not a true progressive and not a real democrat and not of this and not of that like i just you know guys like just just I just want people to read. I just want people to actually watch videos. That's all. That's all. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> I'm really upset that Joe Biden seems like he's going to be the guy, and I'll just leave it at that. But something I will say is in that exact same clip, Andrew said, like, I was a 2016 Bernie supporter. I'm He is the reason I decided to run. Uh, and I think that Biden will have an extremely hard time if he does not adopt some of the platforms that makes Bernie so uh, successful with young people. So he pretty much even said, like, listen, man, like, it seems like Joe is going to be the guy and I'm supporting him for that reason, but he has a long way to go. So Andrew is on your side. I I guarantee it. So anybody who, like, thinks he's, like, a traitor and not with you, like, I guarantee you he is. And uh, the other thing is he has already created a new nonprofit called Humanity Forward, and they are currently um, donating micro grants of $250 to $500 to American citizens um, suffering from the coronavirus, whether or not it is having the disease or being laid off or being homeless or whatever it is. So you can go to um, movehumanityforward.org or you can DM them at Humanity Forward on Twitter to apply for a micro grant of $250 to $500. And um, that is that for that topic. I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit and uh, because I'm, I'm, I've been trying to post about all that a little bit less on the internet. Um,
Oh yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna do some final recommendations and get out of here. One, one. <laughs> this was a fun one. So fucking, I was on YouTube the other day. So my YouTube algorithm has just been like wilding lately and going crazy. So I got recommended this video called Stevie Wonder Can See Apparently. And, you know, I've heard the joke before. I've heard the joke, the conspiracy theory um, that Stevie Wonder can see and that he's never been blind this entire time. And I don't believe it. I, I very much so think Stevie Wonder is blind. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> That's the other thing. I think conspiracy theories are, like, at an all-time high right now. And I think that... Um, I think that conspiracy theories um, get a bad rap, and that there are like there is like a lot of like bullshit shadow stuff happening that people should you know huh, look into it. Um, I really do think that there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about. Um, but overall, I think that there's also a lot of shit on the internet that is blown way out of proportion, and it's just a fine balance. Um, but here's the thing: so I get recommended this video, right? And it's called Stevie Wonder Can See Dot 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 Apparently. And it's this four and a half minute compilation of celebrities telling very convincing stories that make it seem that Stevie Wonder has not been blind this entire time. It's a very entertaining video. Here's the thing. I watched this a few nights ago at like three in the morning and I go to the comments because lately I've been a YouTube comment reader trying to get a pulse of what the people are, are thinking. And there is nothing but comment after comment after comment that were, that, that were made 21 seconds ago, 21 seconds ago, one minute ago, one minute ago, three minutes ago, three minutes ago, four minutes ago, four minutes ago. Four minute. the, the algorithm is like in real time recommending this video to like hundreds upon hundreds of people simultaneously at three in the morning during the quarantine. And I am one of these chosen people that the algorithm decided needs to know that Stevie Wonder is not blind, which I do not believe. But now, you go into the comments, and there is nothing but people just saying, why am I here? What the fuck is going on? What is happening? Does Stevie Wonder have the cure to coronavirus? Does coronavirus cause blindness? What is happening? What is happening? And it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And, and there's tons of comments just about the algorithm. It's really, it's really funny to me that algorithm is a household word now. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. But like... So, so then I, I send the video to, to my boss the next day because he's, he has a good sense of humor. And I go to the comments. The same thing is happening. It's still going on a, a day later. And, and right now I'm looking at the link in front of you like three days later. And it, literally in front of me, there, there are 10 different clip there excuse me uh, comments that all say 21 seconds ago wh why did youtube recommend this to me How, why am i here right now who are all you people and the video currently has 1.4 million views and it was uploaded on march 2nd 2020 and okay so this is actually yeah, 28 seconds ago, bruh, 35 seconds ago, recommendation gang. So, okay, this is, this is an update. There's a pinned comment by the uploader, and it says, so to answer a few questions, and then he just has a bunch of bullets. I'm just going to read this. Yes, all the people in here are in here at the same time at a, at a view rate of 300 views a minute. What the fuck? YouTube is promoting this video globally worldwide. 
I did not hack the system or find a way to manipulate the YouTube algorithm. I just did my best when I made my video. <laughs> this guy like literally cracked the code of the algorithm somehow. No, I do not work at YouTube. No, I do not work for the FBI or any agency. I'll probably be asked to remove material pending ap approval of my channel. Yeah, this video is too popular. He's... <laughs> I didn't know if Stevie Wonder has seen this video or not. He, he... Oh, God damn, that's a blind joke. But I did send it to him. I'm waiting on his answer. That's crazy. He literally just... <laughs> this guy's battle rapping Stevie, Stevie Wonder. That's insane. I have seen those other videos linked. Yeah, so a lot of people are linking other Stevie Wonder's blind videos. Um, comments or replies do not get... Uh, okay, okay, yes. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. So th this is literally the most insane thing that the algorithm has done to me in a very long time. Um, I've been saying lately that the, that the algorithm on all of your channels, but especially YouTube, um, be it Instagram, be it Twitter, be it YouTube, but really especially YouTube... It can be a magical thing, guys. Let your algorithm be a roller coaster of a thing. Because have have you has your friend ever like given you their phone and then you're on their homepage and all of the recommended shit just looks like hot garbage? Like that that tells you something about a person. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an elitist or anything, and I like I kind of am. Like I I don't want to be, but like all I'm saying is like you feed. You feed your algorithm a good diet, and it gives you good shit back. And right now, somehow, I was chosen in this 1.3 million, and this shit is blowing my goddamn mind. Like, I, I cannot believe this. And, like, lately, I've just been getting recommended, like, these, like, Japanese albums from the 90s that have zero physical copies, and everybody in the comments are, like, part of this, like subreddit gang and like I, i've just been getting some fire stuff lately i i've been getting these videos of um well these are bbc so they can't be that obscure but like of like these robots that they put in with like animals and it's like this orangutan who's like he literally like saws wood as a hobby so then they put in like a replicant orangutan in there to like observe him and he, he literally has like the blade runner eye which is so fucked up by the way what are we doing and second, th does that mean that, like, orangutans are, like, entering the Stone Age? Like, that, I don't know. It, maybe they could always use tools. I don't know. I, I don't know. They have thumbs, I guess. But, like, ugh. All, <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, I think YouTube is, like, one of the most important inventions of mankind. It's literally just the dumping ground of, like, the entire universe. And it's just getting better and better, guys. Like, literally... And, and like multiple lifetimes worth of video is uploaded to YouTube every day. Guys, throw a wrench in your algorithm. I'm telling you, like just just search for something you would never search for. Click on the, the first few results. Start getting recommendeds that you, you normally wouldn't get and just be surprised. Because let me tell you, like I got recommended like the aquarium world of YouTube delightful videos i i my, my old roommate he he was like uh he, he he like grew plants and like he went to community college so like he he like had like tons of like really cool um he, he taught me like he taught me how to like water things properly and like he um yeah so i started getting all these like recommended videos for like costa rica farms and like these like guys who like grow like 
this dude who's like living on like a 3,800 like acre farm in Costa Rica and he has all these like foreign fruit and his backyard has like eight waterfalls in it because it's not a yard. He just lives in the, the countryside of Costa Rica and like just, I'm telling you guys, like just <laughs> you, you beef up your algorithm. You, you, there's so much good content out there. There's so much. <laughs> oh my God. Deep fake YouTube. Amazing. There are some deep fakes out there that'll scare the, the bejesus out of you. Any, anyways. I remember uh, Alejandro Iñárritu, he has this, he, I think it was him, maybe it was Guillermo del Toro, what, what, one of them, they had like a quote where they were like, they take our art and they call it content. <laughs> we, may, may, we, we, we might have to cancel the word content. Shit. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Instagram's another one. My friend Andrew, um, Andrew, his explore page, like literally the best Instagram explore page I have ever seen in my life. Andrew, every single time he, like he uses Instagram more than most people I know, but like it does, like he's, he's, he, his brain isn't going dummy. He's getting inspired. Like every single time he flashed me something, some of the dopest visual art I'd ever seen. Like the more and more you click on, on dope shit, the more you're recommended just gets cooler and cooler and cooler. Like if if you have a bad diet, like if you're just like going on like some bullshit, you're gonna get bullshit back. Like it's a feedback mechanism. I'm telling you. All right. Okay. So I uh, I think that's pretty much it. I'm gonna do some final recommendations. So I heard that Community is finally coming to Netflix. I do not think that the American people realize how ready they are for the show Community um community is amazing um the way that people stan the office and parks and rec i think community might be the next coming of that kind of treatment simply because it's hilarious it's created by the creator rick and morty and it has donald glover in it and it has uh uh Yvette Nicole Brown, who played um, Helen on Drake and Josh, and it's it's just so good, guys. Like you, you have no, and it's so goddamn ridiculous. Has Ken Jong, it has John Oliver. He's popping off too. Yeah, like it's. I can't believe that show exists. You you guys have no idea how good Community is if you haven't seen it. I can't wait for that to be on Netflix for everybody. Um, good time, watch Good Time. If you like uncut gems, Good Time's just sitting there for you. Just consider it uncut gems too. I'm telling you, you're probably not gonna like it quite as much simply because Howard isn't there. But like, you're you're pretty much gonna like it just as much. And the other thing about Good Time, so it's it's directed by the Safdie brothers, right? So Benny Safdie, he plays Robert Pattinson's brother. Let me let me un unload how fucking talented Benny Safdie is. Benny Safdie directed the movie. He edited the movie. He he stars in the movie. And not only that, he's playing um, a mentally challenged character and he does so extremely well. He was he he was the sound guy. He was the boom operator to get closer to the performances. This guy's fucking insane. Who who does such a thing? And, and, and uh, his brother, Josh Safdie, he's also the director, the writer. One of the credits, it says, like, helicopter camera operator. So these guys are as hands-on as you humanly could be. It's ridiculous. Um, if you like documentaries on Netflix, 
I highly recommend watching The Great Hack from 2019. It's really amazing. It basically breaks down um, how our election was tampered with um, and how social media is making us go crazy. Um, it's a really good watch. Um, Ozark Season 3 is out. Ozark is amazing. And uh, Tom Segura's comedy special is out. Really, really good. All right. That is all. Bye-bye.